Dexter Henry of SNY. Welcome back to the show. How are things? Things are good, man. Things are good. We are approaching the all-star break. You know, basketball season's heating up. It's been fun. Been talking a lot of basketball. So things are great, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. Let's start out a little bit different. So you were in studio for the Super Bowl. How'd you feel about Usher's performance? Yeah. About whose performance? Usher. Oh, Usher's performance. Yeah, I liked Usher's performance, man. It was good. I think it was really good. I thought he brought a lot of energy. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm an Usher fan, so I've always okay. liked his music. I've been a fan of his and saw his residency in Vegas uh, almost two years ago, that was, and it was really great. So I expected him to deliver a great show, and he did. So, yeah, it was a good one, man. I, I liked it. It was enjoyable. I thought it was a lot of energy. Do I think it was the best halftime show of all time? No, I don't think it was that, but... It probably is right there at the edge of my top five. I'll put it there. So it was, it was really good. It was it's, good. Inter it's interesting you mentioned the residency. Did you feel like he created mm -hmm. this opportunity for himself over the last couple of years? Obviously, it's an entire body of work of his career. But do you think he gets this opp opportunity without starting that residency? If I'm being honest, no. Mm -hmm. um, and I because th I think the for, I mean, I'm like I said, I'm somebody who's who's always loved Usher's music. But I think that him coming back to the forefront for a lot of people and having the opportunity to have that residency and as successful as it was, because it was so successful, he kind of had that crowning, that celebration of his career. Right. I think that put him for the forefront. And the fact that he did it in Vegas, the Super Bowl was in Vegas, I think everything aligned perfectly for him. So honestly, if he didn't do the residency, I guess we'll never know, but I would venture to guess that, nah, he probably doesn't get the opportunity, but I'm sure glad that he did. You know, I think an artist like him, He's yeah. got traditional R&B roots and, you know, has dabbled in a little bit of pop music, I think deserved that kind of shine. And I'm glad that he got he got that opportunity for sure. I know you talked to Dr. Dennis Cardone recently and the Knicks yeah. are riddled with injury. Did you learn anything about Julius Randle's injury specifically? Because the shoulder, man, the shoulder, you know, I've had my knee stuff. Luckily, I haven't had the shoulder stuff. But mm -hmm. the shoulder seems like something like if you don't get surgery, like it could really give you a setback at some point. Like, so, so what was Dr. Dennis Cardone telling you? Yeah. He brought up that fact, right? Mm. It's that with the rest and proper treatment, there's a good chance, assuming there's no serious ligament damage, because okay. there's always concern of some ligament damage when you have a shoulder pop out from what he told me. But the thing that you're mentioning that I think is concerning particularly to Julius Randle because he's such a physical player, as we know yeah. watching Combo, we know this, is that even if, let's say he comes back and he's got, and Dr. Cardone mentioned this, 90% uh, strength and 90% range of motion. Um, they usually say that you get that range of motion back pretty quickly, but it's it's getting that strength back. All right, how is he in a situation where he plays physical, he's ducking with an up and under, he lowers his shoulder into somebody. I know this is not a shooting hand. It's the right shoulder, not the left shoulder. But yeah. those are things to be concerned about because he can build up the strength. There can be no ligament damage. But the major concern when you do that and you don't have immediate surgery with a shoulder dislocation is that there's a possibility you re-injure it again. And then that makes it longer in terms of the rehab process yeah. after you have surgery. It's actually one of these things where Dr. Cardone also mentioned this too, is it's like eventually you're going to have to have surgery. Eventually you got to get this done at some Ooh. point, because there's always that risk of re-injuring it again, which could make things worse. And so it's interesting, but from everything you hear, Julius Randall's doing everything he can 
to get back even quicker than expected. So he's hitting all the benchmarks is what Tom Thibodeau has said. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But I think the concern is, I, I think any Knicks fan watching is going to say, all right, say Jewish man comes back and he's playing good for a month or so before you get back to the playoffs. There's always that in the back of your mind that he could have another injury that he could re-injure this again. How about in the back of his mind? Yeah, so there's that. Mind. Yeah, it affects his confidence, right? Yeah, hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah. So, like, even with my knee stuff and the knee is in the shoulder, um, mm-hmm. you know, the thing is, is like stability was always the bigger concern, even more so than pain, because you kind of know what you're getting with the pain, but when it comes mm-hmm. to stability, you never know when something could pop out. And if you feel if you get that one more time, it's like it's in the back of your head forever. That's my biggest concern when it comes to Julius. Yeah, and so it's interesting you say that because as somebody who's also suffered an injury playing basketball and tearing my Achilles, oh, there's ooh. yeah, that was a rough one. Yeah, um, now that's about we're talking about oh, that's about 13 years ago, almost okay. coming up on that now. It, you never feel as confident again. Um, you ne- you just never feel it. Like even if you yeah. go back, you still cut. Even to this day. You know, I don't hoop as much you play, as I you play, used to. You might play a little bit differently, you know? Yeah. Oh, I definitely play differently. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. After that. I mean, in fact, my orthopedist had told me, he's like, look, when it happened, I was 29. And he was like, look, you don't, you're not going to be hooping like that anymore, hard anymore. He's like, maybe you play for a half court game, 30 minutes, you know, rest. You want to be smart about how you play. So for me now, it's really just, you know, a little bit of that, maybe shooting around. Mm-hmm. I don't play competitively the way I used to. So yeah, it, it it's always in the back of your mind. Now you got to think about this for a professional athlete yep. who competes at the highest level of basketball that wants to win. You know, it's I get why he wants to get back. It's just I wonder if this is something after the playoffs. Julius Randle ends up getting surgery on anyway that probably impacts him to start of next season. It's something that has to get done because until you do that. You're never, according to Dr. Cardone, too, who knows his knows his stuff. Right. You're right. never going to fully feel confident about who you are as a player. You can play well, but still, like you said, with the knee, it was always in the back of your mind, right? You're always thinking, oh, what if I do this and this this happen again? Because like Julie, I think with these kind of injuries, like a shoulder dislocation, like tearing your Achilles, mm-hmm. like any kind of knee injury, sometimes it's something freak. It could not even be turning the wrong way. When people yeah. ask me about my Achilles tear, it wasn't like I was doing some, I went up for a layup or went up for a dunk or something. We it saw, wasn't like we that. We saw what happened in the Super Bowl. Right. It was yeah. my Achilles tear was a lot more like that. Yeah, right. That's crazy. That's yeah, it was crazy. a lot more akin to that. I was just about to go, cut on a back pick and just went down like that. That was it. Yeah. yeah. The whole team, yeah, the whole Knicks team seems banged up. How optimistic are you that this team could get healthy, let's say, by March? By like March 1st, I mean, <laughs> I, I think that might be pushing a little bit far. I think middle of March to end of March is probably more realistic because mm-hmm. you got to think about a couple of things here, Combo. One is that's encouraging news. I'll start with some of the positives. Mitchell Robinson is expected to be starting to do on-court work following the All-Star break. Okay, that's good. Assuming he has no setbacks. Maybe you could see him in the beginning of March, assuming there's no setbacks, right? Mm. Isaiah Hardenstein, Hardenstein shocked. Well, it really frustrates me, but I feel for him because he's got Achilles soreness. That's yeah. a tough one. 
And he's dealt with this before. We saw this last season. It affected him at the start of last season. He tried to play through it. That's one I talked to about with Dr. Cardone as well. And they said, look, you know, Achilles is tough. You don't get a lot of blood flow there. I know this from having torn it. You really just got to rest and stay off your feet. That's staying off your feet is hard. Like it's hard for any of us to do that. Like, and, and it's not it's not great for your conditioning. On top no, of that, yeah, that makes it yeah, tough. On top yeah. of that, too. Yeah, fantastic yeah. point. Yeah. So you worried about him? I think the only thing I feel decent about with Hartenstein is that he's kind of dealt with this before, so he knows the pain tolerance, etc. Should be able to navigate that. The two major ones, obviously, Julius Randle, who you mentioned. What kind of player is he when he come when he comes back? I think he will come back. It's just about what kind of player will he be? And then OG Ananobi. Mm. And I talked to Stefan Bondi, my colleague at the New York Post, about this. And he said that Steph, excuse me, that OG is, the, and he's reported this, that he's the kind of player that wants to come back and make sure he's 100%. Like if he well, doesn't Kawhi, feel right. Kawhi mold. Yes. The Kawhi, Kawhi mold. in Kawhi yeah. mode. Yes. Yeah, 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 if he yeah. does not feel right. like he's fully ready to come back, he's not going to do it. So, when is that for him? He's going to be evaluated uh, a week after the All-Star break, after this elbow surgery. But, you know, anytime I hear evaluated, I'm always like tacking another two weeks on to that because another 10 to 14 days because you don't know. So that's why I say, Combo, I say middle of March, maybe they can get everybody back. Now, look, if they get Mitchell Robinson back, that's huge. If they get right. Mitchell Robinson and OG back, that's really, really huge because the defense should be a lot better. And if Julius Randle could come back and play with confidence – now they're cooking. We saw what this team was before oh, all these yeah, injuries of course. happened. Of and now they have Burks and Bogdanovich. I, I would say that I'm, I think we'll see Randall get back and give it a go. I think Mitch will be back. I'm confident in that. I'm a little actually more worried about Hartenstein and OG. OG is my biggest worry that mm. will he get back in time to acclimate himself back with the team and then have the confidence going into the playoffs. That's my concern. Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting you mentioned those two guys because as great as Mitch is, I feel like iHeart and OG fit around Randall and Brunson in such a great way, and mm. they need to be healthy for the Knicks yes. to be successful in the postseason. In, in, in a way, like to your point there, they're almost more important pieces, and I think OG yeah. is the most important piece. Yeah. Like, Don't get yeah. me wrong. Right. They're going to need Randall, and they're going to need other scoring, but – if they don't have OG, OG unlocks so much for the team in terms of his defense, his three-point shooting. He is an impact defender. I mean, just on the run he had in January to early February, people are now starting to talk about him in conversation for defensive player of the year. He won't get it now because he'll miss too many games. But he has that kind of impact on defense, and you just saw how it elevated the team. So, you know, look, the Knicks are in a good place. I love the moves they've made. They just got to get healthy. Um yeah. They just really got to get healthy. If they're healthy, they're scary, man. They're scary. Yeah, yeah. you're right. I mean, people were talking about title contention, Jalen Brunson, <laughs> MVP talk. So let me yeah. ask you this. Let me ask you this, Dex. Fill in the blank for me. Jalen Brunson is a top blank player in the NBA. This is good because somebody hasn't asked me this yet in anything I've talked about. I'm going to preface this by saying this. I was on a show in the summertime. And somebody asked me about top point guards in the league, just top mm. point guards. I'm gonna get, mm. I'm not skirting your question. I'm going to get to it. Okay. And I <laughs> went through a bunch of point guards that I told them I thought Jalen Brunson was better than one of them being Trey young. And most people on the show looked at me like I had two heads. They're like, I, what? Think, I, I think I heard about this somewhere. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, I was, and I was like, 
why do you guys not? Why do you guys think Trey Young is better? I think Jalen Brunson, the way he's playing right now, I probably put him somewhere between. I really got to think about my list, but I'm going to put him between the top ten to fifteen player in the league right mm. now. I think okay. that's probably where he is. I think that's pretty fair. Mm-hmm. When you're and here's just so clear, people who Knicks fans who might you're top ten to fifteen player. What that says is you're a really good player and you have a chance to make an all NBA team, which I think he does this year. Yeah. That's a pretty good place to be in. And if you got one of those guys on your team, you're cooking. It's not a bad place to be. The the whole thing about like the point guard conversation in the modern NBA. It's so tough because we don't know what a point mm-hmm. guard is anymore. Like you it, hear the term lead guard a lot, right? Combo. Yeah. You hear that, it, right? Like, like Luca, LeBron, like mm-hmm. who is a, what is a point guard? Mm-hmm. These days, you know what I mean? But, um, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. I was saying that I was going to say, yeah, I think that there's an interesting conversation around that. And do you believe in the idea of a pure point guard, right? Right, right. I'm not sure that matters. I just think the responsibilities of a point guard has evolved. I think it's hard to be the pure point guard. You can't, to me, you can't be in the league as a pure point guard who can't shoot. Right, 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 right. That guy can't play in the league anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, Look at the Knicks three years ago when Alfred Payton was running the show and how much he killed them in terms of spacing and his ability, lack of ability to shoot. So Brunson, who's a three-level scorer, master with the footwork, right? It, is he going to be dropping dimes, you know, like Chris Paul? No. Yeah. Can he? Can he get you seven, eight assists, nine if he need? Uh, yeah, he can if everything's clicking, but he also can get you buckets. And, and when he's getting you buckets, he can help create for others. So... I just think now point guards are a little more offensive minded. I'm fine with that. You remember when people said you can't win with a scoring point guard? Well, oh yeah, we've seen. I mean, we've seen yeah, I mean they used to, they used to say you can't win shooting a lot of threes. That, that is true. <laughs> that that is true. People said uh, that's why when people say you can't do this a lot of times in sports, I'm always right. like, uh, until something changes. Now I don't think you can win without playing defense. That I that I think will never never change. Mm-hmm. But you can have a scoring point guard or lead guard or whatever you want to call it. Um, I just think the way you look at a point guard is is different. There are very few pure point guards. I'm not even sure when Chris Paul retires if there is a pure point guard in the league anymore. 100%. Yeah. 100%. It's crazy that Chris Paul is on the Warriors because the Warriors system is part of the reason why we don't have point, pure point guards anymore. If you think about it, because mm-hmm. they used Draymond as the guy initiating. Steph Curry was kind of playing like a two. And then they had Clay playing off the ball. Like, who was the point guard? Who knows? I love that you make that point, right? Because I think when you say that and when people have their criticisms or critiques of the NBA game and all this other stuff, the point that you're making is that the game is more skilled than ever, right? When you have a four or five in Draymond who's able to facilitate and you could run the offense to, which also works just for that system when you have two of the best shooters of all time, but it just shows you the level of skill that you have now at different positions right. more than ever. So is there a need for a pure point guard? I'd say no. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. No, everybody could do everything these days, but let's shift to Brooklyn. You're a Brooklyn guy. If I'm not mistaken, you are born, born, born and raised Brooklyn, there born and raised East Flatbush. There you there go. go. Brooklyn. <laughs> so, I mean, we could shift to Brooklyn. We could shift to the Lakers because a guy who had two stints in Brooklyn is now an LA Laker, Spencer mm-hmm. Dinwiddie. How much do you believe this moves the needle for the Lakers? Not much. Mm. I, like, I think if you ask the most level-headed Laker fan or even folks within that organization, they'll say to you, okay, yeah, we needed another ball handler. 
it's somebody that helps us if D'Angelo Russell doesn't perform like we think he can in the playoffs and he's been up and down, although he's been pretty good in the last month to six weeks. Um, it helps the Lakers. Don't get me wrong. It's another ball handler, shot creator, somebody who can make shots, tough-minded yeah. from L.A. Um, I like Spence. Good dude. Um, and I, I think he definitely helps them. Now, when you say move the needle combo, for the Lakers now, like, can you move the needle to get them out of the play-in race? Yeah, possibly. But the West is so jumbled right now. It's so crazy right now. I think the Lakers have to play really strong ball down the stretch, almost like they did last season. They got to play 600 to 650 ball at least, I think, to try to avoid the play-in. I think that should be the goal of them. This is a team I thought would be much better than what they are right now. I thought they had a chance for a top-four seed. So they've been a little disappointing. The thing is, the Lakers did need need some extra offense because that's that's the problem with the team. It's not defense, it's the offense. The half-court yeah. offense is just not good at all right now. So does it move – like, does this put them in championship contention? No, I don't think so. Does it hmm. put them in a chance to get out of the play-in? You know, I think, yeah, and I mean, in finishing top six, they have a chance to do that now with Dinwiddie because I think he does help them, give them a little more shot creation. Would your answer be a little different if this was first Brooklyn stint, Spencer? No, because okay. although that, uh, though I know what you're saying in that he was he better. Was he was tough then. He yeah, was, yeah, yeah, I think, and, you know, there's been there's been some stuff out there that, he wasn't getting along with the, with the head coach and and there's just yeah, yeah I mean, and and the, and the team before I don't think he was getting along with Kuzma right yeah and then yeah, he yeah. did with that yeah. so I don't know how happy he was in the second go around in Brooklyn mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and I think I'm banking why I say that I'm banking a little bit more on the fact that he'll be happier in L A um and I think he's in a situation where he wanted to play he just even at the end of Brooklyn it just seemed like he wasn't playing with a lot of joy. I think he will, and I think he'll be fine. Because you got to go back to when he was on Dallas a couple years ago. He was really good. Dallas wanted him back because he was good. Luka liked him, liked playing with him. He hit a lot of big shots. He played very well for them. So I expect that sort of Spencer Dinwiddie to be there in L.A. I'd be stunned if he doesn't show up as that kind of player for them. Yeah, hear me out. How do you feel about this lineup? Like, I kind of like it. D'Lo, Austin Reeves, Spencer, and then if AD could play the type of defense that he played in the bubble, that he played in the championship game in the midseason tournament, and LeBron, I kind of like that lineup. I don't know. I do too. Um, You might, you you know, you might like another, uh, a bigger wing. I know, but like the thing is like AD could clean up everything sometimes. He can, and and Reeves is not a bad defender. Right. I, I wish he probably had another a better defender at the one of the guard spots, but yeah, you can't have everything. Now you hope Gabe Vincent could come back and give you some minutes. That's right. Uh, eventually down That's the road right. in the playoffs. And then the other thing is, you know, Darvin Ham has been inconsistent with how he's played Rui Hachimura. Yeah. That's been confusing to me. I haven't understood all that. I liked him. When he's played, he's played well. He played very good in the playoffs mm-hmm. last year. So the Lakers are a team because of how they played in the playoffs last year, because of the confidence in this group has played a little bit more together. They could get hot and they could be dangerous. I'm not saying yeah. bank on that. I'm just saying they could be dangerous and a guy like Spencer could stabilize it. Because to your point, with that lineup, if you start with that lineup, you got a little bit more shot creation in the lineup yeah, with yeah. D'Lo, Reeves, who's pretty good at getting his shot, getting the shot too off the bounce. And then also, you know, Din Dinwiddie. And obviously we know LeBron and AD. Yeah. Right. Um, 
I'm a little bit concerned. You lose a little bit defensively, but they needed a, a jump on offense. So I'm fine with that lineup. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd rock with it. Great stuff, Dex. Let's end with this. Let's yes. end with this. More Warriors made an offer for LeBron. Were you surprised? Um, yeah and no. Like, and, and I'm sorry that that answer is a little disappointing. N no, because they are where they are. And I felt like they probably were a little bit desperate mm -hmm. and yeah. they want to try to win it one last time with this group. Um, you know, and I, I'm not sure. So I'm not shocked at them exhausting all opportunities there, but yeah, a little bit shocked because when you look at this group and there's a, they're an older group. Now you want to add 39 year old LeBron James to this older group. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure how that would work now. I'm not stunned the Lakers said no to this. <laughs> right, right. At all. Exactly. Yeah. You were going to have to blow them away with an offer for that to happen. Um, so I'm not sure that would happen. I also wonder how LeBron would have fit in that, what that offer was, who they were giving up. Uh, that would have been interesting with LeBron and Curry. And But it's an old team, and I just wonder how far that team would have gone. It, I, it, don't get me wrong. It would have helped. It would have been nice to see. I think they could figure some things out, but it's not a young team, and I don't know – if that is that team still beating Denver? I don't know. Sure yeah, the thing is, like, they're trying to maximize Steph's uh, timeline, and you're you're, you're doing you're you're doing that if you bring in LeBron. I don't know what that does for your future if you give up. I, they probably have to give up Kaminga, and, and he's been playing. Oh awesome. yeah, and I'd he, be asking for him. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's been playing awesome. Yeah, but, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think it would be interesting. I mean, like LeBron in series and games could still be like the best player in the world. He, he can't do it over the course of a regular season. But for one game here, like one series there, you never know, man. Yeah, you never know. And it does, as you said, it does maximize Steph, which I think that's the thing. And that's why I said extend this run. That's what this team is trying to figure out. I'm not sure how they do that. I mean, that's the ultimate level of trying to maximize uh, Stephen Curry's last couple of years. LeBron will be probably playing with, an, uh, not still, Stephen Curry's still a really good player. He just became the first player ever to hit seven plus threes in four straight games in, in just insane crazy. Yeah, what he's still doing at 35 and how well conditioned he is. So it takes a little pressure off of him. I just wonder what would have been going out. Are you still keeping Draymond? Are you keeping clay is there? As I well? would try, I would try and move off Draymond. I don't think the Lakers would take him. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I'm not like, sure. If you got, I'm not if sure you got LeBron, great. If, if you got LeBron, he could do everything Draymond does. Plus so much more, you know, that's true. That's a good yeah, point. Yeah. And you know, but and that's a really good point. But like, if you kept that team in together with their core guys and LeBron, yeah, that's like, look, don't get me wrong, they'd be scary. There's a lot LeBron could do, uh, running the point to get back to what we talked about, right? 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 And right. he's got two good shooters, even though Clay has struggled. And Golden State's future and what they do is going to be very interesting, along with LeBron's future, who can opt out this year. So, you know, maybe they're a team to watch. If LeBron opts out and they look to sign him, the other thing for Golden State I'll add before we go is that you got to remember with them too, they're a very expensive team. So you're talking about the luxury tax and the second aprons with them that they're paying a lot of money. And I wonder how much ownership is going to want to pay for a team if they're not championship contention level while they still have Steph Curry. So it's going to be really interesting to see what they do going forward. Really interesting. Dex, great stuff. You're always welcome back on the show. Where can we find you? Social media. Please talk about all of your shows. Everybody can find me on social media, all platforms at DHenryTV. 
Catch me out. Catch me, excuse me, on the SNY and New York Post YouTube channels. Got two weekly shows we bring to the people. First one is the New York Sports Rapid Rundown that drops every Saturday. Where we talk about the three hottest topics in New York sports. Got to get Combo up on there. That's got to happen. And another show Combo definitely has to be on. That's called New York Got Game. We drop that every Monday at noon. We talk everything New York basketball, Knicks, Nets, Liberty, high school hoops, college hoops, grassroots street ball. We talk about it all on that show, and that's every Monday at noon. Drops on the New York Post Sports YouTube channel. Check that out. If we ever get in studio, I might have to break out a suit, Dex. I might have to break out a suit. Look, you might have to, but I tell people this all the time. Come as comfortable as you want to be. Okay. I, I we, we we reject nobody. You Some people come in a tee. Some people might come in a hoodie. Some people see me. I sometimes wear a suit with a hoodie. It's, you know, we mix it up. So come as stylish as you want to be and represent your brand. That's that's it. I, everybody who comes up with me, you can be as comfortable as you want to be, man. No problem. Well, just let me know I'm there. Dex, you're always welcome back on this show and talk soon. Yes, brother. Thank you so much. Appreciate you for having me. Anytime.